genau, nur lächeln und, und das, das war's schon. Und dann, warte, ich habe die Aufzeichnung jetzt gestartet. Ja. Genau, also ich habe mir nur fünf Zeilen aufgeschrieben, das, das geht relativ, ähm, relativ ja. schnell, glaube ich. Okay. Okay, also lächeln. Hello and welcome to episode 50 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is July 7th and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello. Hi. So today is episode 50. Wow. I, I don't think any one of us would have thought that we would make it to episode 50, but here we are. Weekly, weekly. Weekly, yes, absolutely. So, for today's episode, we thought about doing it a little different. Um, we'll start with some interviews and then have an open discussion with Jürgen Thomas, uh, who was on the show with us for our Christmas special. So without further delay, um, let's start with our first interview. So we have uh, one very special guest, one of our special guests for our um, uh, 50th episode of SAP on Azure YouTube. And very special guest, Will Breton. Um, my boss, by the way, you know, so I have to be nice here. Be careful. Uh, I have to be careful. Now, I think it would be definitely very interesting for uh, guys outside to see how Microsoft is having different roles and how they play in the SAP on Azure story. So let me first uh, ask you, Will, okay, can you please introduce yourself? You know, what is the role at Microsoft? How long you are related to SAP topic? So just to start with. Sure. Yeah, so um, first and foremost, gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for having me on today's show and um, massive congratulations uh, to you all uh, on the 50 episodes. Um, I think that's fabulous consistency, tremendous content and, and wonderful guests you have. So compliments on that. Uh, yes, yeah, so, so my, name is, my name is Will Bratton and I lead the Azure Global SAP Customer Engineering Team. For those that have been around for a while, uh, the team was formerly known as Azure Cat, uh, the customer advisory team. So I've been at Microsoft for four years. In fact, Holger and I started around the same time together. Yes. Right, Holger? Yeah, around, around the first half of, of 2017. Um, now, uh, in terms of my SAP uh, background, I've been involved with SAP since around 2005. Firstly, as an SAP basis consultant and then transitioning to roles spanning consulting and including SAP technical architecture and enterprise architecture. But I think what's interesting for today's show is probably to talk to you a little bit about my SAP and Azure journey. Um, and that started back actually in 2016. So I was working as a SAP technology platform architect with my former employer, who was an early adopter of SAP on Azure. So, um, that employer, they had a end-of-life hardware event on the kit that was running their <clears throat> SAP ERP and utilities applications. And we faced a choice, you know, do we procure new hardware and put mm -hmm. it within the on-premises data centers or do we move it to Azure? So following a detailed analysis, we decided to go for, for Azure. Um, back in 2016, a few enterprises were running you know, mission critical tier one uh, applications on the public cloud. Um, but, you know, all the Gartner reports I uh, read pointed in the direction of public cloud for SAP workloads. 
So with that said, I started to teach myself um, how to architect SAP in Azure. And I had confidence that we could meet the quality attributes for our SAP applications by moving them into Azure. So what I did with my former employer was I led a pilot migration project. So that meant migrating the SAP applications with my, with my own hands and um, creating all the migration runbooks with the detailed steps, which <laughs> then enabled the operations team to, to run the productive uh, migrations. Um, I think zooming forward to the first half of 2017 then, two things happened. Firstly, my previous employer moved their production SCP applications to Azure. Um, that was an ERP utilities application, serving around 1,500 users, and it was an eight terabyte compressed database. Back in 2017, that was a big deal. <laughs> and um, following, I got an opportunity to become a Microsoft employee, and here I am. <laughs> um, I think um, continuing on, on the Microsoft story then, and um, you know how I got to know Olga and, and all of you guys, um, I was the, I think two th May 2017, um, I got the role as SAP Global Black Belt Technical Sales Lead for EMEA. I remember back then the rhythm of the business was insatiable uh, as we incubated SAP on Azure. And as mentioned, that's where I, I got a chance to meet Holger, who was part of my team. Um, you, Robert, and also, also you, Goran, uh, as well. Um, this was a tremendous learning experience and an opportunity to meet customers and partners across EMEA. And I worked on several uh, go-to markets with our team, you know, that with partners such as SUSE, NetApp, Commvault. Um, this was also a time where we really focused on scaling the business. And from a technical point of view, this meant, you know, democratizing knowledge, creating content for SAP Cloud Workshops, which we then used to train our customers and partners to ramp up their capability. This was a great time in my career. I learned a lot working from fantastic professionals. And I think after about 18 months in the Microsoft field, I moved into engineering. And when I made that transition, uh, my focus moved from pre-sales to post-sales deployment for mass scale and complex SAP and Azure customer programs. So really now the job was that of a technical advisor to ensure our customers migrated their SAP estates to Azure successfully. You know, some of these customers had hundreds of discrete SAP applications that were migrated. You know, in that role, I was spearheading new offerings in private preview for early adoption and feedback. I do recall there was one customer we had in private preview back then for our 12 terabyte VMs. That was like six months before we went GA with that, with that product. In that role, I also uh, supported extensively our SAP product marketing, whether that was you know, crafting blog series for Sapphire and TechEd or, or building demos. I can recall a lot of early work was done on SAP with Azure NetApp files and, and of course supporting our SAP and Azure world tours where I presented our, our engineering roadmaps. So that's that's a bit about um, where I am and, and, and where I came from, Egona. Yeah, so basically it's not just I mean, we are core parts of the engineering stuff, yep. engineering uh, branch, 
<clears throat> but uh, we do work also with, uh, um, I mean, helping and advising the big customer. We can't do with everyone, right? Yeah. But still, we do also try to do a bit more than just advising, right? To to be proactive on the IP stuff, uh, on the uh, oh, yeah. on the uh, introducing the to the to the newest Microsoft offers, uh, prototyping with them, right? Yeah, yeah that's correct. Um, yeah, yeah. Excellent. So. Um, I mean, generally speaking, so why, in your opinion, <laughs> to be neutral as much as possible, so why would some customer, in your opinion, choose the Azure or maybe even the partner? What's maybe, okay, we are not dealing maybe extremely, we are also dealing indirectly with the partner through the customer, right, in some way. But why would the, why would the customer choose and partner choose the Azure, for example, uh, for the SAP business critical system. I mean, it's it has to be run 24 by 7. It has to be scalable. Yeah. Um, so, why would a customer or partner select SAP on Azure? Um, I think firstly, we have the components our customers and partners need to build great SAP architectures on public cloud. And if I was to unpack that a little bit, I would say that's broadly over four different pillars, okay? The first pillar would be in the security area, you know, for identity and access management, you know, with Azure Active Directory, you know, facilitating secure single sign-on to SAP applications. Second under security would be application and data security, you know, encryption of data and protection of keys and secrets within Azure Key Vault. Another area in security could be, for example, threat protection via Azure Sentinel for SCP and your security controls. I think on security, actually, there was a great episode, episode 38, on the show with Evan Burak for Zero Trust for SCP. So check that out if you're interested in security. Um, the second pillar, which is super important, is performance and scalability. You know, today on Azure, we can scale from two vCPUs around 2,200 SAPs all the way to 416 vCPUs just shy of 500,000 SAPs on VMs, and we won't stop there. Okay, on, on the storage side of the house, um, for SCP workloads, highly performant storage, which offers sub-millisecond write latencies, and of course, that's very important for HANA. Um, third pillar would be availability and recoverability, a subject very close to your heart, Goran. Um, you know, availability SLAs and infrastructure, you know, to four nines when we use Azure availability zones for SAP deployments. Extensive reference architectures published for HA or high availability SAP deployments spanning both Windows and Linux. And of course, out of the box data protection for SAP with, with Azure backup. I think the fourth pillar that we shouldn't lose sight of is we call efficiency in operations. And that means first party SCP and Azure automation for programmatic and quality and accelerated SCP and Azure deployments. You know, and secondly, I would say there, I think you had Ross Sponholtz on the show a few weeks back as well. Azure monitor for SCP solutions to capture telemetry information from both the Azure platform, SCP NetWeaver and the database and a single pane of glass for rapid problem resolution. Now, I think beyond the technology, however, um, why would a customer or partner choose SAP and Azure? Beyond the technology, pe people matter, right? People matter, and that means 
we have laser-focused teams working in the SAP and Azure space, spanning both field and engineering, and we care deeply about the success of our customers and building the best products for SAP on, on hyperscale cloud. You know, so. By the way, I just came to my mind, I need to quote you, you know, I mean, if customer has any issues, uh, of course, um, we will jump to try to solve it. And yeah. you just mentioned, you know, when we start to pull all the wheels inside of the Microsoft and different teams as the one, <laughs> it's just amazing. You said it's amazing ex experience to see such a big force and knowledge which comes together in order to help the customer and fix any potential issue or improve the platform, right? So yeah. um, you see the, the, uh, the enterprise, what does it mean the world? basically enterprise as a company. Yeah, that, that's for me actually also one of the, yeah. the biggest points. And Will, I, I still remember, as you said, as we as we started this SAP journey, I think we were, I don't know, a few tens people or something like that. I, I don't know. And if, yeah. if you look today, really literally with hundreds of colleagues across the world in different um, areas, in different regions with different expertises that that really know how to work with SAP, how to work with SAP on Azure. And that is something that I find truly amazing. I mean, yeah. whenever you have a question and, and just internally and, and you ask on, on, on one of our um, groups there, uh, ask a question, then there, there's almost always someone who has some expertise in this specific area. And yeah. in, in the meantime, there are so many colleagues that I, I've never met. I mean, especially now, obviously, with Corona, I've never met. I only know them via email, via Teams chat. And it's yeah. truly amazing from my point of view, um, this this breadth and depth that, that, that we currently have at, at, at Microsoft. So I, I, I couldn't agree more. It is really also about the people that um, Microsoft has in the area of SAP on Azure that, that help our customers, that help our partners. I couldn't agree more. Hundred percent, and you know, and I think in kind of finalising that point about about the why question, um, you know, there's a proven track record there, and there's credentials of customer success with SAP and Azure. You know, like uh, if you look at some of the customer projects my team is engaged with, and these are all public case studies, so I can speak a little bit about them there. Yeah. You what Walgreens Boots Alliance, you know, 48 terabyte S4 HANA retail, a Goliath of an implementation. Um, Acmea, um, that's a Fortune 500 insurance company out in the Netherlands. We had them on our SAP migration webinar on the 7th of June. Mm -hmm. So um, if the audience check that out, you'll hear directly from the customer. Um, you know, moving over 100 discrete SAP applications uh, into Azure. Uh, Coca-Cola North America. Um, 48 terabyte EW and HANA with Azure NetApp files and an eight plus two construct. There's a very nice technical case study there for the audience that like a little bit more of the of the technical details. But yeah, so this is this is some of the customers that, that we work with and to deliver success together across both our field and engineering teams. And people really <coughs> matter, you know, people matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we will put Holger also those links to the use yep. cases public. So that, but these are really big companies. Typically, we we can't work with every company. Well, we do work with the uh, with the mammoths there, right? Yeah. Uh, which is a huge, big customer, big databases, very sensitive business, sensitive for performance, for the downtime, right? Yeah. Um, and definitely that gives a, a, 
shows really the strength of the Microsoft and Azure behind it, the story. Uh -huh. yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Um, would you, you, oh, Helga, you want to? No, go ahead, sorry. So, um, I mean, you are well already involved for a long time, you know, and you, 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 you always, I know you have a very good ability to uh, zoom out and have a big picture, right? And then you, you surely see the trends, how the things are moving, right? Mm -hmm. So in your opinion, so what could be the, or what would be, let's say, the next big thing or things that are coming um, uh, to SAP on Azure stories? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Or where you see that's kind of um, huge potential also there um, that customer might, uh, would benefit there. But, but keep in mind, we are public here, so yeah, don't yeah, want to spill public. all the beans. Yeah, yeah, we need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll keep, I'll keep, I'll keep myself contained. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do get excited sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I would say there's there's some really cool stuff coming uh, with regards to the integration of Microsoft Teams and SAP. Uh, you may have covered that in previous shows. So I won't elaborate on those details. Um, I think pivoting back to what I said at the start of today's call, um, you know. I'm an SAP basis guy at heart, right? A technical guy at heart. So what I'd like to do is maybe talk about some of the capabilities that are coming where my team are heavily involved. And I'll talk about as much of them as I can. I think that would be pertinent for the discussion today. Um, so there will be increased capability for our first party SAP on Azure automation solution. And um, we'll put the link up to that one, which is on the GitHub repository. But that will really help customers um, accelerate SAP and Azure deployments in a programmatic way, avoiding drift from reference architecture. So that's a, a really great one. And I'm very excited about that. The team have been doing tremendous work over there. The second one, um, and Ross Sponholtz from my team was on, I think, four or five weeks back on the show. I forget the number of the episode. Forgive me on that. You can quote me later. Um, but for Azure Monitor for SAP solutions, you know, there will be support for databases beyond HANA and SQL Server. And that's based on direct feedback from our customers on that one. So very cool capabilities coming there. Um, I think you had Kartrick from the Azure Backup team on the show as well, also a few weeks back. Um, there will be new capabilities coming in the data protection space with Azure Backup, which will facilitate a shorter RTO. Um, for restore scenarios and also accelerate like SAP system copies and refreshes, which as we all know, are essential for SAP um, operations. And I think the last one I'll maybe mention is we will introduce some new SAP and Azure reference architectures and they will simplify operations by reducing VM sprawl with fewer and um, moving parts. So these, so that probably gives you a little, a little nugget of a few of the things to come without elaborating too much on the details. Um, hopefully, that's a sufficient answer for you, Gona. Yeah, thank you. Excellent, excellent. I mean, uh, story generally is a big, but at least we are definitely focused in your area, in our area of work. Um, and I see. I mean, automation is with all. Um, I mean, we've seen. Customers are doing wrongly set up. They're doing also, so then the issues came, are coming, right? Yeah. Um, uh, manually deployment is extremely slow down process. To deploy just the infrastructure manually, meaning through the portal, for example, takes two weeks approximately time per SAP SID, one system, just one, and they might have 100, 200 
500 SAP SID 600, right? <laughs> yeah, it's funny you should mention that because we, we, we are working with one customer today. Um, I'm not going to say the name of that customer, but they're in the, the CPG space and, you know, they're in the process of moving almost 400 discrete SAP applications to Azure. I mean, that's like one of the largest SAP estates in the world. And, you know, when you drive a program like that, you cannot do that without automation, right? I mean, you have to, especially when you've got an intense velocity on a project as well, you know, to get that done. So, um, yeah, that's, that's key for us and, you know, really happy that, in partnership with the SAP product group, we're bringing this SAP on Azure automation capability to the market as a first party solution. So cool stuff coming here. Yeah. Maybe also, so not to forget also the quality checks. Oh yeah. Already there, already there and definitely will be improved. The, the reason is um, not everybody use automation and there are always some misconfiguration there which typically leads to, to the issue. Yeah. Just people don't follow the best practices. Uh, we are also changing the documentation and the best practices and customers are not always yep. up to date with the latest stuff. So again, and customers also need to change the configuration, increase the volume size because of the database and they will do yep. some mistakes there. So those kind of config checks basically are very, very useful to scan the system and then basically also to um, uh, identify any issues. Uh, the, the latest best practices, right? Couldn't agree more, and th thanks for the reminder on that. When I think Philip Leitenbauer was on was on the show right. um, yeah. a few weeks back as well, and um, yeah. indeed he's been doing some great work on the SAP quality check, if we as, as we call it, um, and that is indeed to to look through the configuration and you know call out any drift from reference architecture, which allows you to then go and remediate um, any open loop to ensure that you get a quality build for your for your SAP deployment on Azure. So indeed, that's a big one for us and Philip's working with uh, full engagement on getting the next release of that one out. And I'm pretty excited about it. I did actually see it yesterday, which and it just looks incredible. So um, some cool stuff to come there as well. Thanks for the reminder, Gona. Yeah. Oh, perfect. No, I think, um, Will, thank you. Thank you so much for, for um, taking your time. And <clears throat> actually, Robert just pinged me um, his internet. <laughs> broke down so he, that's why he had to drop off early but ah oh, um, okay i think that's that, that that's fine um, um we will have more interviews um not with you but we have some some other co colleagues lined up so i think with this we can hand over to to them but again thank you very much for for joining and maybe we can have another episode where you uh, join us um, again and uh, talk a little about some of the the, the projects maybe the results of this uh, 500 um, SAP landscapes migration projects or something like that. Yeah, I would I would be delighted to. And uh, as long as the as long as the listeners don't get irritated, listen to my my bad accent. Um, On the certainly... contrary, yeah, we love it. <laughs> but, 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 but yeah, like I was I was saying to you guys at the start of the show, you might have to run some subtitles next time I'm coming along, so the audience will understand me. But um, gentlemen, thanks a lot for having me on today's show, and um, keep working the magic for SAP and Azure. It's uh, inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you, Will. Appreciate it. Bye. So now uh, we have uh, another guest, uh, another manager, Karsten Hecht. Uh, welcome, Karsten. Uh, he comes from the uh, partner uh, a management organization, exactly like Robert. So, Robert, I give to you. He's your manager, and um, you can st let's start the discussion and, and about the partner part. 
Okay, jetzt I'm uh, I'm starting with my manager and dirty questions. Yeah. Okay. So uh, of course, thank you, Goran, and of course, uh, for us, it's important that we have a, a you know overview for all all uh, aspects. And uh, I think our partners, uh, Microsoft, is really partner-driven uh, company, and for us, it's very important that we with SAP on Azure topic also are very active in that uh, that part. And of course, I want to first thank you, Carson, to being here together with us in, and celebrate together with us uh, our uh, anniversary, small anniversary, 50 uh, sessions so far. And uh, so let's talk directly about you. So how long uh, have you been in uh, Microsoft and when you start to 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 uh, work with SAP topics, tell us a little bit more about you. So first of all, thank you very much for having me in this wonderful group uh, and webcast series. Um, well, personally, I've been with Microsoft for more than 15 years now, oh. and um, uh, I've had various positions uh, spending the last uh, years uh, in various roles in the partner organization, working with partners. As you said, uh, Microsoft is, is partner-driven. It's uh, at the core of the DNA, so to say. Um, and uh, before that, well, I st actually started as a product manager or um, um, uh, team lead for, for product uh, managers. And at the time, I was responsible for various server products. And back then, SAP obviously was a key workload for SQL Server, Windows Server. Um, so um, I think uh, I spent the last 15 plus years um, not just with Microsoft, but also to, to some extent um, uh, with, uh, with SAP. Nowadays, um, I'm, I have the pleasure of uh, leading a, a group of solution architects uh, that are dedicated um, to partners. Um, so basically, our job is to make partners successful, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and these solution architects are not uh, just uh, technical experts but understand how to become successful in a particular domain, such as SAP and Microsoft. Um, and and uh, so our, our job, our role, my role is, is um, um, not just to provide technical enablement to partners, so they uh, become kind of independent of, of, of us, so can, can act on their own, but also to guide them uh, in building um, successful practices for SAP and Azure, um, uh, but also uh, ramping up their pre-sales, for instance, building solutions, um, moving to offering managed services. So it's a, it's a pretty broad scope. And uh, I mean, naturally, um, uh, we think beyond SAP on Azure and, and Azure as infrastructure uh, it becomes more and more re relevant, particularly from a customer per perspective, uh, to think in end-to-end -end processes and, and getting a broader picture, um, not just for the SAP uh, domain or world, but, but beyond that. Um, so, yeah. that's Great. me, that's I, our team yeah. in a nutshell. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very interesting because our team, your team, uh, is actually not just focusing, as you mentioned, SAP on Azure. We are really uh, we are really going from to end to end. We have really experts in DevOps, IoT, and all stuff. And I think what we learned all together in the last few years that actually there's no really defined boundaries. So this really SAP on, uh, uh, SAP topics go left and right on DevOps direction and IoT direction. So and we are somehow mixing the topics cross cross different uh, cross different teams, so to say. So, and what what do you think? Uh, I mean, you know, in most traditional way, uh, when you're talking about partners and in most cases, you know, we are somehow going direction. Okay, we are selling our 
software. Now we are selling our services, our Azure platform. Yeah? But now we have also somehow some extra together with that is SAP part. So how that is different from standard Microsoft partner business and now SAP on Azure business? Is there much difference between handling classical uh, partner organization and now with this complex SAP on Azure topics? Well, what I'd like to learn is um, our partners have different business models. Um, so they are partners who provide um, project-based services, migrating SAP on a new platform, for instance. Uh, they are managed service provider who, who uh, provides SAP plus complementary services um, um, from their own data center. And there are ISVs um, that uh, basically uh, provide the entire SAP partner landscape with solutions which uh, make their life easier or the, the life of other partners easier. Um, so I think we have to differentiate um, how, how respect the recognized respective partner uh, business model. Plus, I think it's our job uh, to help the entire partner e uh, ecosystem to flourish. So combining partners with partners so they can provide more value to, to uh, customers. Uh, probably you've touched SNP in, in this series before, uh, which basically simplifies um, the transition from, from SAP into the cloud and, and uh, makes it more efficient from a cost perspective, for instance. That's just one example. So recognizing the partner business models um, plus partnering with partners uh, probably is, is uh, super critical. Um, if we think from a or look at that from a partner, uh, for, excuse me, from a from a customer perspective, um, it goes beyond individual technologies. So uh, as I already mentioned earlier, it's it's from a customer perspective. It's not just you know uh, migrating to the uh, cheapest. Uh, um, um, VM or so that does play a role, certainly. Um, but uh, from my perspective, what I've learned is that cars, customers on the IT side also think in terms of manageability, operations, governance, um, mm -hmm. um, but also uh, more importantly, on uh, they think about how to integrate uh, SAP into their entire, not just infrastructure, but into their um, Processes, processes, uh, so to say. I remember a conversation I had with a with a partner and a customer, uh, where where uh, the customer was um, um, uh, demanding from from the partner uh, to certainly migrate SAP uh, in a most cost efficient manner, make it manageable and and uh, ensure a certain type of governance. Uh, but also ensure that it integrates into certain processes in the bottling industry, for instance. So and back to a question, I think we have to consider these different dimensions when we work with partners. It's not just, you know, uh, providing enablement for a certain piece of technology, um, but think of uh, think of the customer um, perspective, but also um, uh, work with partners, how they combine their skills, their, their IP with um, uh, with other partners. Mm. Um, so and, and some some dimensions that come to my mind. Yeah, great, great. I mean, it's very interesting. But I mean, so when we're going that direction, so how you how you will position Azure? So what what you will tell to partner? Hey, you know, this is the reason why you should go to Azure. How you will? What what is from your experience? You know, working with all us with complete team, different cloud solution architects. What you have learned in that side? So what you will tell the SAP partner why they should go 
take the Azure and together with their customer actually migrate the SAP loads to Azure? Yeah, usually, I mean, many of these conversations used to start with, you know, uh, looking at uh, uh, the best architecture uh, from a technical, but also from a cost perspective when it comes to running SAP on Azure. <laughs> but I think that's a little bit short-sighted, right? Um, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, there's so many general um, um, requirements that customers demand uh, that, that go beyond SAP as a workload that are super critical from an Azure perspective. Right? Just think of global footprint regarding our data centers, tons of certifications regarding compliance, security, you name it. Uh, that's certainly important. Uh, but I think um, um, challenging this perspective beyond, you know, just uh, a, a stack for SAP on, on uh, a certain platform, um, has become much, much more important. As I said earlier, uh, you know, um, uh, looking at the entire um, capabilities of the Azure platform is super critical. Just think of data, just think of uh, Active Directory integration to make mm -hmm. processes more seamless, also from a, a security identity perspective, but also think beyond Azure. I mean, Office 365, um, Teams, integration is super critical. Uh, I'm also thinking of power apps, so uh, allowing uh, citizen developers and organizations um, to, you know, to to quickly develop lightweight processes that leverage data from SAP and other systems running on uh, on um, on Azure um, and maybe very other or different sources. So um, Azure is not just. Or my, my recommendation is don't just look at the VMs. Mm. Uh, consider some uh, some uh, critical um, requirements customers have security compliance data center footprint uh, think of um, um, uh, cross workload technologies such as active directory for instance a, a common data platform uh, that, that allows you to leverage data from multiple sources uh, but also think of human driven processes uh, that basically are uh, run in teams and maybe even power platforms. So it's mm. it's not just about Azure. It's about all three clouds Microsoft uh, does provide. Yeah, great. I mean, that's somehow going in, in my my last question. Actually, what 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 do you think it's about big next step um, partners should do? I mean, I'm always going in the direction of partner because we are discussing a partner. Of course, this is reflecting that uh, heavily on the customer side. So, is there something really special? What you think in for example, in this year or our fix fiscal year, we just started for new fiscal year for Microsoft side. What we can do or should do to to actually uh, work much better with partner or in vice versa way, what partners should do to somehow work closer to uh, with us and and somehow to together go on the next phase of next step. Well, I think every partner is uh, in, in a particular maturity stage, right? Uh, and, and all of us have to, to recognize uh, and acknowledge uh, that. Um, uh, in general, I think it's, it's about, you know, um, uh, finding the, uh, the next development step, so to say, um, with our partners and to see uh, what the individual partner can achieve next. In general, I would say, um, um, think of how you can evolve from um, a you know project-based business if you're in a project-based business today, uh, and and uh, rather evolve your approach into a iterative, continuous improvement of, of what you do. 
um, and and uh, uh, not just you know doing one thing uh, and, and just just try to complete it, but um, uh, apply an iterative uh, approach. Um, I wouldn't say that this is a you know brand new big step forward, but I think there's so much room for improvement or so many opportunities along the dimension I just mentioned. You know, mm -hmm. from a technology perspective, from a partner partner perspective. Um, there's so many opportunities, and I think it's it's super super specific per partner. And I mean, Microsoft is investing into so many people basically to help our partners to do this in a in a in a way that fits their business model model their priorities best. Um, so it it's it's different, or it's it's individual per partner. It's very specific. Okay, great. I think great. what. Just one, one additional thought or um, um, what, what resonated very well to me right now is um, if, if we look at some of the initiatives that we are driving with SAP right now, and, and you mentioned the teams integration, but, but also when we look at uh, the different things around the office or power platform and stuff like that, and I assume a lot of classic SAP partners, they are obviously not, not experts in, in teams or office or power platform or Azure Active Directory. And what you said then to really bring these different partners together and 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 help them educate them and, and to show them because what i always find really fascinating i mean the team's integration looks really amazing but actually if you look at it it's not so complicated if you know how teams works and um that is obviously where where we have partners that that know how teams work and then you introduce them to a partner that knows how sap works then actually it's it's fairly easy to build new scenarios, and I, I th that's what I just wanted to emphasize. I, I like your your statement that it's really working with different partners, bringing them to collaborate to together, helping them to to get certain things done. I think that that's really nice. Yeah, yeah that that's our DNA. So uh, it's not our attitude to you know throw documentation uh, uh, at partners and and. Uh, um, Execute a kind of transactional um, kind of way with with our partners. It's 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 really about making them successful. And as I said in the beginning, it does uh, include technical enablement, but just one piece of that. It's also about uh, co-selling with our partners. It's about uh, bringing partners together with other partners so they can be more successful. Uh, and that's something we invest into heavily. And I think that's one of the key differentiators Microsoft has. Yes. Mm -hmm. It goes far beyond technology, right? Very, very nice closing words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, um, thank you, Carson, for, for your time. And uh, oh. do you have any any message to us? Uh, do, do you see that we have some opportunity to improve? Uh, so do you have some something for us how to continue with this uh, podcast in the future well maybe we, we can uh, invite even more partners just to learn from partners um that would be one of the recommendations uh but take hey, keep the nice work going <laughs> okay thank you thank you very much okay thank you Carson. thank you Okay, with this, um, I think we can go to our last segment um, of our episode 50 um, today. Um, for this, we again have a very special guest. So you might remember him from our um, Christmas special episode. 
Um, we have Jürgen Thomas again um, with us. Um, and I think if you are working in the area of SAP and Azure, then you know Jürgen. But just in case you have not yet really heard about him, maybe Jürgen, you can quickly introduce yourself. Uh, pleasure, pleasure to. So name is Jürgen Thomas, as Holger mentioned. Uh, I'm a partner development manager in Azure Core, working uh, for Microsoft with SAP for more than 25 years leading a larger team that's distributed across the world. Uh, we are creating the reference architectures for SAP workload on Azure, working with uh, the different SAP uh, development teams and hosting <laughs> SAP workload on, on Azure. And I'm also working with our development teams in order to get the right hardware, to get the right functionalities and features in place that customers can use with SAP workload. Cool. So Jürgen, yeah. when you was just saying 25 years, I, I was just reminded um, when, when we when we talk in our slides, when we present to customers about the trusted relationship that we have with SAP and so on, we actually always say, well, this is a 25 years journey. So it looks like you are really part of the of the journey from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I missed the first two years. Uh, there is this famous picture of uh, of Hassel Blattner and Bill Gates sitting together, a black and white picture, and SAP actually has it in in the 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 cafeteria for for executive pre in the executive briefing center, and I I missed the years ninety four and ninety five where. SAP started to implement uh, SAP R3 at that point in time onto Windows, the Windows operating system, the Windows NT operating system. And I did miss as well the first starts of, uh, of implementing uh, SAP R3 on SQL servers. Uh, they started with 4.2, then went to 6.0. But I came on board when we had around 10 to 12 SAP customers running R3 on uh, on SQL Server 6.0, yeah, since since that, uh, yeah, it was a tremendous journey, <laughs> no doubt about that, uh, with very different, uh, also amazing to see how the focus changed as well in the partnership, and, and funny that you just mentioned that angle, yesterday I, I was uh, I was reviewing slides about, hey, what's, what's our history with SAP, and uh, the partnership history of SAP, and uh, I think it's it's a unique, a unique partnership between SAP and Microsoft. Not only, not only that it's two big companies, but I I, I think uh, the 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 transition, the transformation of the partnership in terms of platforms, technical or the technical focus that that changed dramatically, and I, I think we can state. That SAP and Microsoft together, uh, from a partnership point of view, have probably the largest uh, the largest joint customer base yeah. in any partnership between SAP and another company, and and so th this is super interesting and it's very unique, you know, in all aspects. If you think about other partners or partnerships that SAP has. Either they are very restricted to certain topics and never expanded into the into the cloud business or the public cloud business, mm -hmm. the hyperscale yeah. business. They they are stuck then to certain certain components like databases or more private cloud things. Uh, 
the only part that, that I can see with SAP over, over the last 25 years or even longer that really was able to take the challenge of new technologies and a, a new strategic direction <clears throat> is really Microsoft, where, where we were on the operating system and database spaces. We then took up uh, we then took up scalability on ever growing hardware. We took up private cloud, and we went as a company as a whole, Microsoft went into the hyperscale cloud business uh, software as a service platform as a service. There's no other partner with SAP than that, together with SAP. The partners that you are seeing in the hyperscale cloud business today, they all came came on board way later when you look at our, our competition here. So it's really a unique thing. And the great thing about it is the experiences we gained in the mission critical space in uh, with the databases, with the operating systems, they are not lost. It's not that we threw that knowledge and expertise overboard. <laughs> they, you know, hyperscale clouds a complete new business. Nothing that we experienced before can be applied. No, an opposite. I mean, this this is this is the strength that we have here. Mm. We do have uh, we do have the experiences that we gained with SAP software and with SAP workload for for 25 years. And we are able to apply it to what we are doing today and set it in context of hyperscale cloud today. That's that's a fascinating thing. It's it's like it's really great. Yeah, top down from clients to server to the cloud. I mean, everything is there to Linux if you want yeah. to Windows. I mean, that's that's a, it's not your father's Microsoft. Somebody said no, that. no. I mean, it's a complete. Think about it. It's, it's a complete different company. My, my, yeah. Microsoft uh, as well, compared to twenty five years ago, and, and complete different company. And um, yeah, nevertheless, I mean, super excited. I mean, it's it's, it's very exciting, and more exciting than, than ever. I don't. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look at the topics that we are doing today. Look at look at the impact that that uh, hyperscale cloud or, or cloud has to to companies. The impact's tremendous. I mean, mm -hmm. compared to before, we debated about yeah, do you take Oracle or SQL Server as a database? So sure, there was some impact to uh, to the companies and and also to the people that need to administrate, operate in uh, these databases. Mm -hmm. But today you you are working in a complete different dimension. Mm -hmm. yeah. no, that's a good point. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting to to see how how the the different things have have evolved. Like first we were only looking at um, uh, servers. Um, yeah. Then then SQL Server obviously a very important yeah. point. And I I also like. The, um, the the different collaboration areas where, where we had uh, where we were working with SAP. Obviously, in the beginning, I was or actually, Goran, Robert, and I we were all on the other side, obviously, <laughs> working yeah, yeah. at SAP um, um, with you. But but then um, it, it's really interesting to to see these different levels on, of interactions. I mean, for mm -hmm. me personally, I still very much re remember then Mendocino or Duet where, where, where yeah, yeah. for the first time then not only really talked about um, ha um, servers interacting with each other, but mm -hmm. where we really went into the integration space. And I think actually, if we compare this with today, that's, I mean, 
yes, um, virtual machines is, is super critical, obviously, but yeah. we're really going now more and more also in the in the area of um, integration, Azure Active oh, yeah. Directory. Oh yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean that that is definitely uh, that is definitely the the future direction that we need to look into or not look into. The customers are demanding it uh, already, so we we definitely need to to work in that space. Uh, I think from a <clears throat> from the the interesting part in the future is as well is how do I get uh, how do we enable customers to get access to the to SAP as in in the in the back end. I mean when we look at S4 HANA, uh, we look at Fiori with the tiles mm -hmm. concepts and everything. But 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 again it's not it's not everybody's uh, space to use these kind of front ends. So the question is how can we with low uh, low low development costs or a no code development as well uh, make sap the, the the business processes make available extend them uh, into into the into every customer into every employee of a company mm -hmm. that's that's a that's a huge uh, that's that's a direction that that definitely is is uh, is demanded and is required and and uh, that we look into it. I mean, SAP is obviously having some some efforts going on in that space. We obviously with our our power platform, power app, do have a similar direction. I, I wouldn't argue that they they are that they it sits the one or the other. I, I think as usual, uh, in all the years that we have experienced experience with SAP, that we worked with SAP, both companies realized mm. there's a side to side, that there's a, there's a together in this. Mm. And so it, it, as, as yeah. SAP has ramps up efforts in, in the no-code space on our side, we certainly mm. uh, need to uh, look into these things as well. We have the first, uh, Power app, uh, the connector out as well, and and so it's definitely a space that that uh, asks for expansions of our efforts and and uh, more efforts and, and more initiatives in that space, no doubt about. It. I mean, it's from a customer point of view, that's the logical next step as as they are hosted on Azure. Now it's uh, now it's about to to get the integrations not only on the data la uh, layer but also on the application on the business process layer to open uh, to use the full power to use all the tools and and functionalities that a cloud comes with and and then really integrate embed SAP uh, business uh, business processes as well as we we look at it in, in two layers one is the data the other one in the VB very often uh, very often kind of forget that that layer and that is certainly the business process extensions so the business process uh, integration in into the mm -hmm. all these tools that the customers are using yeah so that's, that's certainly a, a space but interesting is also a trend um i mean okay i mean sap is a client here uh, client server client server to tier architecture that was there always the same now came in the below infrastructure as a service you know okay yeah. then comes the uh, integration around this business layer power app logical app and then then but also what is kind of happening more and more like um the the as a service like backup as a service you know cloud service monitor 
monitoring yeah. as a service um, with, of course, the SCP integration always plays a big role because uh, somehow this as a service means no management there. Of course, you need the features, right? Yeah, yeah. But kind of that also simplifies the overall um, uh, feature. Uh, I mean, features which customer needs to manage and operate the SAP as well, right? So, yeah. so uh, how do you see this also? I mean, that's an interesting trend. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is one of, one of those things. <laughs> We might, we might have at the beginning kind of underestimated the desire of the customers uh, related to, to, the, to the operational, uh, to the operational integration and uh, like backup, uh, like monitoring and so on. This is, so this is something that, that we are now uh, uh, <laughs> that we are, we are looking at or we are investing for, for the last two, three years. And it, it is clear from customer feedback, one of the one of the things, even if the customer own, in quotes only, moves with infrastructure as a service in SAP, SAP infrastructure as a service into, into Azure, they are expecting less efforts than they have on-premise, where they have to set up their backup uh, backends. They, they eventually need to spend licenses for third party here. And then so they they operate and monitor a whole back uh, backup infrastructure. As you go moving to such a hyperscale cloud, there is a certain expectation that tasks like these are way easier or are given by by uh, by a SaaS service, and that's exactly why we invested pretty heavily in in Hana as well. And when you look, for example, into our backup solution that we have. We are distinctively different from our competitors here. Our competitors do have some some storage connectors that that allow you to get uh, through the HANA backend interface some data into their storage. But that's that's only one part of the story. Mm -hmm. There is no there is no administration around it. There is no retention uh, around it. There is no mm -hmm. access control around it. Whereas we with our backup as a service supporting HANA backend working on on several variations and several several additional functionalities we have a complete backup SaaS service mm -hmm. service that's compliant you can set up retention periods for the backups to make sure that they are not getting deleted uh, you you have access control to the to the backup as a service so you can make sure yeah. that not everybody can restore a backup or, or can can take the files out so these kinds of things are 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 getting more and more attention by customers, are playing more and more a role by customers when they evaluate a platform. And so the same goes for, for the monitoring. So, so we decided uh, to put some resources, uh, to invest some resources, and then with the goal to really say, look, Azure, we ourselves from an infrastructure point of view do have a lot of uh, monitoring data already. How can we correlate that with what happens on in, in the HANA database or currently the SQL Zero database as well? And meanwhile, the NetWeaver stack as well. So, so these are things where, where customers do have expectations towards their cloud, their hyperscale cloud vendor these days, because it's not only that it should become easier, there is an expectation that certain operational monitoring tasks, even deployment tasks, are going to be easier, are going mm -hmm. to be 
can be done with less efforts, with, with less uh, less resources on the customer side. And yeah. that's that's exactly yeah. another area where we do a lot of investment, where we ramped up quite quite a bit of uh, people. And where I do expect that in the next 12 to 18 months, we do see quite a few results of that uh, being, being available, being visible to the customers as well. Great. I mean, because so, I mean, this is... Yeah, go, 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 continue. I mean, I'm just thinking when this is a SaaS service, software as a service, you don't have to install install it, operate yeah. it, patch it, you, know, yeah. you just use it. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a less of management, meaning uh, cost saving, less knowledge that you need. I mean, what's yeah. just yeah. user interface, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Robert. So I mean, I mean, I just want to turn a little bit story around because we always talk, uh, talking about what we need to do, what we are achieving, and I, I think we are doing a lot. But from your long history of experience, you probably have somewhere which list what you would like that SAP do in the future. So do you have something like where you would like to see SAP? What they should change or improve? Oh, the, yeah. I mean, the 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 list is is probably quite. I, I wouldn't say quite long, but there, there's certainly <laughs> a list there, which which I I wouldn't like to to share officially here. There's uh, there, there's certainly always. In a, in a, let's be fair. It's uh, SAP has a long list as well, and so <laughs> lists are certainly driven then out of the out of of out of the the points of view of the different companies or individuals like me as well and one has to say it's 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 not that we are sitting there both parties sit there with the long lists and and like uh, and like cannot agree i mean embrace is a is a classical one yeah. the announcements that we made in january that we were sitting together with the lists and uh, that uh, some of the things that we had on the lists uh, we actually are actually currently in motion and, and, mm. and the development and will go into deployment uh, available mm. for customers soon. Is there's a is the list always longer that that than what we can execute on? Sure, it is no doubt mm. about. Mm. But but beyond that, uh, think about digital supply chain really really work going on and and so it's. It is uh, working down on the list, and, and there will be always items on the list. And uh, yeah, uh, it's it's a normal thing, but it's it's positive to see that that items uh, disappear off the list, that, that items show up at customer space. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's 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 uh, it's a good progress we make, and so pretty pretty happy about at the moment, uh, and. Realistically, we, we make uh, we are able we seem to be able to make an impact for customers with with what we are working down together. So yeah, right. so, I I would also I mean from my point of view it's really like what you said there's this whole extended partnership that that clearly mm-hmm. shows that SAP has a long list for us we have a long list for them and mm-hmm. the good thing is because we have been working so long together um we we have established teams connections across i mean satya is is talking to christian as as we we saw but then yeah. it's really all the way down um that yeah. individual developers um are, are talking to each other management levels are talking to each other and i think that's 
I mean, it, it would be sad if there wouldn't be such a list. Yeah, where we yeah, yeah. Describe yeah. It. Exactly. <laughs> think about it. Working on it. Yeah, think about it as well that, that there are meetings between the different IT teams that are running yep. SAP. So SAP mm -hmm. IT uh, days, like like we have it, I think next week again, uh, a call with our folks that are running SA, the SAP landscape in Asia, and and so there there's a healthy exchange. And it's funny about how, how often we talk about HANA and, and what, what SAP IT does in that case and what we are the, we are doing, these kinds of things. Then we do have a healthy exchange on, on, the, on, on the CIO, so to speak, CIO level. We don't officially have a CIO anymore, but, but uh, similar function, uh, functions. And, and there's a healthy exchange on that level as well and, and on, on the board level. So. It, it is, and it's it's not only like yeah, these are these these uh, great to meet you things. There is a very healthy exchange, and we are prepared. We are just preparing another one right now, and and so yeah, that's that's um, pretty pretty good. I mean, we're feeling we're feeling quite okay about uh, about how how things go, and so that's that's uh, the, the nice thing is as you mentioned earlier it's uh, between these different levels uh, as well and, and that we are trying to learn from each other uh, especially on the operational basis like the IT teams and, and so on yeah absolutely we had Hans Reuter um, also in, in one of the shows and, and, and he, he talked about first of all obviously what Microsoft Digital or Microsoft IT um, is, is, is doing and then he also mentioned this this collaboration, and I I think that that's really a very fruitful discussion because obviously SAP IT they they know how to run HANA, they they have direct connection to um, their their development, but we or Microsoft Digital knows how to run Azure, and they have um, the best connection to you and and, and the other um, Azure yeah. compute folks, and bringing these teams together or or that these teams are actively working together. I mean that that helps them that helps us but that yeah. also helps really our customers and i think that that's really um the the really beautiful thing so i always love when we talk about showcases from microsoft digital how we run sap when sap talks about um how they run sap on azure and this is really what helps us but in the end what really helps customers yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, and we we are trying as well with with blog sites and and so on to keep uh, to to push that IP out uh, and and really help customers uh, with the uh, with with this this intellectual property that that we gained, either blog sites or our documentation site uh, that we have. So that's that's a, that's also a very central part of the engineering that we do out of my team. Uh, where we definitely have the the IP creation or the the SA, also the IP creation and the IP that our uh, digital unit, uh, formerly Microsoft IT, is generating that that we can leverage that in in order to to uh, get it out as well uh, the, to customers. So pretty pretty important here, and, and us running running such quite a demanding landscape of SAP in Asia as well. It's certainly helping us to uh, mm -hmm. to understand, uh, not only to understand the workload, but to get early indications uh, what's missing and then where things go and what's the what's demanded. So so there a lot of advantages uh, there. And yeah, as I mentioned, so that, that works that works out pretty well. 
and and so yeah uh, sap partnerships okay uh, looking good and um, so we're looking forward and especially deliverables that we uh, agreed and embrace with there will be some that, that are a little bit less obvious uh, but but pretty impactful Mm. Uh, also from a, from a cost effectiveness, cost efficiency point of view. So yeah, that's uh, for customers, not only for us, but, but mostly for <laughs> customers. Well, we, which is a funny thing when you think about it. I mean, uh, there there are some things that that we put on the rails, uh, like like uh, like one thing we are working on on. <laughs> some things that we put on on the rails in my team. There is actually from purely from purely from our side a little bit counterproductive where we where we say look we want to have more efficient uh, solutions cluster solutions uh, high availability cluster solutions where we are reducing the number of VMs uh, we know very well that that will cause us le- or the, the cause or the, the result could be less revenue for us but on the other side it is it is a clear Customer, it is a clear price or economic efficiency point of view that we need to take into account. So we need to make sure that customers can run the SAP workload as efficient, price efficient as possible on on Azure. And that's why we, for example, are working on getting back on the Windows side to the original cluster, Windows cluster configuration that that was introduced by SAP in 1998. And it's still used today on on-premise, which foresees, for example, a two-node cluster where the central services and the database are running both on the same cluster now. Mm-hmm. So engineering's more or less done already. We are now in the documentation phase, but we, we are set to to allow that to to introduce that as a as a as a supported uh, configuration on on Azure as well, something that we did not do before. And and so on the Linux side, though, we need to work with the with the respective Linux distros to to have them supporting something like that. Windows, it's a little bit easier, obviously, because that that is uh, the yep. operating we own, and 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 that's also a way how SAP can install already with SWPM on uh, on premise already. So that, that's the so that's these are these efforts that we are doing. We also trying to to get the general purpose hardware more more units of general purpose hardware hard or or VMs like E series uh, certified for for HANA in order to get uh, more more cost efficient uh, choices out for the customers. So that's that's areas that we are going to invest from from purely the infrastructure as a service in as well. The, the funny thing, though, is a little bit from from uh, yeah. This this is also something where the customer where I see a lot of changes with customers happening right now. As customers are moving from on premise into cloud, the the way the how you look at at your infrastructure is changing. The infrastructure structure is not depreciated over three four years anymore. It's basically mm-hmm. set in stone. There, there is this change on on the customer side there that they are like, hey, oh, this 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 thing is more fluid here. Uh, there's new things that, that come out every year that we can use every year to improve our efficiencies, to improve our capabilities, and and also 
we talked about the services, uh, the SaaS services for operational monitoring. Mm -hmm. These are that, that came anew three years ago as a customer moved into Asia. There was no SaaS service that could give you a backup for HANA. Yeah. Now there, there is. So customers are starting regularly to look into, hey, what, what is the cloud giving me more? What do I get more out of the platform that I moved into? Uh, where can I get the efficiencies out? Where can I make my life easier? So that's that's a very fascinating thing. And for some of the customers, really a new thing, a new arm, mm -hmm. a, a new trait that they have to develop in, in a sense. But, but nevertheless, exciting for the people usually that, that, that are involved in these things. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's really, when you think about it, uh, a very new thing. And it, it also has to do then to a degree with, with, the, with the shift of, of permissions, like when, when one of the learnings was here in Microsoft that we did empower at the end our basis team of SAP to to deploy infrastructure, something that they had never done before. Obviously, mm -hmm. when we were on the on-premise world, on the bare metal world, that world in the beginning, well, they they had no. I mean, they did not touch the service in a sense as they got got deployed. I mean, there was a different team. There was a storage team. There was a networking team. Even as we went into private cloud, they were not empowered to deploy their own VMs because the, obviously the, the hardware pool available was strict, uh, was very strictly controlled. There was, not a, there was no infinite hardware available so that the basis team could have created masses of VMs. Not that they should have created masses, <laughs> but but at least the, the people that, that ran the private clouds were, were very sensitive about uh, about the hardware availability or resource availability. Mm -hmm. So we're controlling the VMs, the placement of the VMs uh, themselves. Now, as we moved into into public cloud, that 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 the kind of bare metal infrastructure capacity limits went basically away. And then mm -hmm. subsequently, uh, we and the organization in, in what, what's called our digital unit, what was IT before, took that step to empower the basis team to deploy their own infrastructure. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. infrastructure in the sense, this is VMs in Asia, this is storage in Asia. Mm -hmm. And if that one, cut down the reaction times to certain uh, certain tasks, to certain requests from the business side tremendously. You talk about a test system to be strapped up for a certain proof of concept of a new SAP S4HANA functionality that uh, the finance folks or, or the logistic folks want to see. These kinds of things with empowering the basis team to deploy the infrastructure in hyperscale cloud um, was a tremendous uh, was a tremendous improvement to the times that we saw before. But that that had a big impact on 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 us and I know on our on other customers as well. So clearly there needs to be a cost control as well, and that's possible with Azure as well. But that you have on the other side the cost controls. Let's not let's not fool us. At a, at the end. Uh, if uh, everywhere where I give some permissions, where I give some freedom, I, I, I there, there needs to be some cost controls as well. 
otherwise we uh, otherwise the, we end up in 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 a, a spree of, of of VMs and also then associated costs. But nevertheless, I mean, it's all possible with Azure, and and so yeah, uh, awesome uh, from our side when we look in in our company. Our basis team actually feels feels better than ever. They, they are empowered. They have less dependencies on on like other teams in terms of of infrastructure. The, the infrastructure availability, so to speak, the whole component of hey, I need to work with procurement to get new service in, yeah. to get the new in, or I have to work with other teams to get new VMs created in, in private cloud. That all fell away. Oh, they have additional responsibilities, and this is like, hey, there are some cost controls. You have to you have to stay within a certain certain framework here, or so certain certain budget here. But they within their budget, they they have the the freedom to look for better solutions, for more cost effective and efficient solutions as well. It's not like oh, we bought the hardware now for three years. You can't have another one. Because it needs to be depreciated. No, if you, if you think you need a larger VM and it fits into the budget, the, the business case is there, then yeah, get it. But on the other hand, if you also see that you overdeployed something or over uh, in the sense of oversized something, well, you can also react and downsize it, <clears throat> downsize the whole thing. So that's that's uh, it's exciting to see how how. These uh, these these basis teams, uh, SAP basis team, often morph and and change uh, and responsibilities change. But they really exciting. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting new learning um, that that yeah. happens in the cloud, and it's a constant lookout for for new functionalities and uh, new features. Yeah. I think I mean you 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 provided a provided a beautiful outlook already on on what's next and um, I I think uh, there there are certainly a lot of very interesting things um, on the roadmap that that we have for our customers. So no no uh, doubt no doubt about it. I mean it's uh, as mentioned we are, we are steadily improving we are steadily working and that's also a nice thing, thing about cloud to a degree. I mean the hardware is certainly the uh, hardware is certainly the, the, a very important component because we run we run a software on it, but there there are substantial parts of functionality that we can influence with software. Uh, changing software is relatively easy compared to changing hardware. Yeah. Not only from a from a financial point of view, but think about deploying hardware in the mass that we do. I mean, yeah. and, and so. But changing deployment software is relatively relatively easy. Sure, it needs to be at a safe, safe concept, and, and really, uh, as we deploy globally here, uh, 60 regions or close to 60 regions, this is a huge effort. There is a huge dramatic, pro or there is a huge process behind to make sure that the the software changes are safely deployed, that we have the right measurement points. And analytics points to see what the impact of the new software functionality is, uh, to reliability, to and, 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 and a lot of other other dimensions and senses. But uh, nevertheless, 
it is easier to rip out. Uh, it is easier than ripping out hardware to get a new capability and, and replacing it by new hardware to define your capabilities strictly over hardware. And so that's that's the nice uh, that's the nice thing about that shift in uh, that cloud brought uh, brought to us as well. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yep. so I think it's um, let, let's see what the next shift uh, will bring oh, yeah. us in the cloud. And yep. um, I mean, now we're at episode 50, so maybe we can, or we will certainly plan you for episode 100, but <laughs> yeah. maybe. Uh, we I will. mean, with, with Jurgen, you know, Jurgen got to label Santa Claus because of the Christmas time, but he, I mean, Probably he's special, isn't it? Also, but you are special. You are appearing also in the summertime, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. Meaning, it's 365, so you will be around here more often. So, Sure. That's a good point, Gordon. So, so we'll definitely invite you again for our Christmas episode. Yeah, let's do that. I might, I summer Christmas. <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, thank you so much, um, Jürgen. I think that was that was a really a nice um, uh, uh, closing of our fiftieth episode. Um, thanks for contributing. Thanks for for all the <laughs> the things that you're doing. Obviously, and driving this whole SAP on Azure topic forward. And yeah, we'll 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 see each other again um, yep. latest in the Christmas episode. Absolutely. And now remind me on the Santa hat thing that I need to put on. Hey, <laughs> hair is not a lot left anymore, so can can it as well the Santa hat? It's all optimized <laughs> feature, you know. Optimized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, thanks a lot. Great. Thank you. Thank great you. work from your guest. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank bye bye. bye. bye.